So here we go again, my friends. Round two. And again, it's still such a joy to be in this space, in this beautiful chapel. And I am still making my way, figuring out how it is to fit so much into so little time. And so I have found comfort in something that we call the lectionary. It's a tool that pastors use sometimes, and they are preset readings that go from week to week that pastors use sometimes in their personal reading time. And it's not just pastors. Anyone can access the lectionary. But sometimes pastors preach from the lectionary because it takes one step out of the planning process. And so I come from a church at St. Luke United Methodist Church in Sanford, North Carolina, who uh, focused heavily on the lectionary. So I'm very comfortable looking at those scriptures and figuring out what is it that God is trying to tell us as a community through these texts. And every three years, uh, it's three-year cycle. So every year you're getting new scriptures and then it repeats the end of three years. So you're really getting a breadth of scripture. And so I love here that we uh, do sermon series in big church on Sunday morning, but I, I love finding what fruit God has in store for us in the lectionary text. So last week, uh, from the lectionary, we uh, sat with Mary and Martha, and we spent time at Jesus' feet, and we acknowledged that this space here is holy. And so this week, we go further into uh, the Gospel of Luke, where, uh, you know, as uh, we jump from this scene where Jesus is in Mary and Martha's living room, and Mary is at Jesus' feet, and then we jump immediately to this question that a disciple asks, Lord, how do we pray? How do you pray? And so I wonder what might have taken place from the moment that Jesus left Martha's house to that moment where the disciple asked that question. Were they traveling back on the dusty road to Jerusalem? Did they happen to see Jesus wake up extra early and go off on his own? And come back, and when the disciples asked where Jesus went, he said, I went to go pray. And so this question might have grown from watching Jesus spend time with God himself. And so this question is asked, how do you pray, Jesus? And at first, Jesus responds with the words that we said together just a few moments ago, the Lord's Prayer. And he said, this is how we pray. And he says what we now know as the Lord's Prayer and offers that as an example to us of the words that we should pray. But then he says this in verses 5 through 10. Hear now these words from Luke, chapter 11, verses 5 through 10. 
Jesus says, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, Jesus says, even though he will not get up and give him anything out of friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For anyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. My friends, this is the word of God given to each of us and all of us as the children of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Will you pray with me one more time? God, I thank you for your word and the way that you speak to us through it. Open our hearts and our minds this evening so that we might hear all you have to teach us this day. Amen. So friends, I don't know about you, but I truly think that one of the hardest things that we do on this journey of faith that we find ourselves on is pray. I know that seems a little bit silly coming from someone who has spent her life in the church, spent since she was a little girl in worship leadership, who has gone to seminary, who has spent years in professional worship leadership. But for me, prayer is the hardest thing that I do. And... It's hard because in the moments that I set aside time to spend with Jesus for prayer, I find every other thing to do, a little bit like our story last week. I make sure the house is ready. I make sure the kids are taken care of. I make sure my office is clean if I am spending time with Jesus in my office. And by the time I finally sit down in that space, and open my Bible and sit before God in prayer, I find that every other thing in the world jumps in to that space and I go on rabbit trails. I think about the things that I have to do. I think about all the things that I have done that I could have done a lot better. And before I know it, that space, that time that I was meant to spend with Jesus is cluttered. And I get nothing but silence. That time that I have expected to hear from Jesus, I get silence. And it can be disheartening and sad and lonely because I hear of all of these wonderful and powerful stories of prayer, how people have prayed and been healed, prayed and received the things that they prayed for, prayed and heard God speaking to them. And it, I get silence. I think that 
I am not the only one who has a bit of a hard time with prayer. I think this is something that all of us are challenged with, where we spend time alone with God and are disheartened because those experiences that we expect to hear and the experiences that we expect to have in prayer don't happen for us. So we assume that we must be doing something wrong, right? The way that we are approaching prayer must be wrong. And so we, like the disciple that we find in Luke, ask, Lord, what is prayer? How are we supposed to pray? And in our search, in our hunt, we come across verses like verse 10, where it says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. And for anyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. We read something like that alone, and it has a nice rhythm and a nice cadence. It sounds good, and it makes us feel good about the God that we meet in that verse. But the problem with looking at that verse alone is that we only get part of the story, part of what it means to be in prayer. When we read this scripture out of context, we meet a God who always answers our prayers with a sense of urgency and timeliness in the time that we want God to respond. A God who is at our beck and call. Ask, and boom, there it is. Search, and here it is. You found it. Knock, and the door will open right then and there. And while sometimes that may be true, because our God is a God of great wonders and great miracles, sometimes miracles take time. Prayers can be answered, not in an instantaneous way that we have come to expect, but over a period of time. So I found that this idea of instantaneous expectation of God to answer is not something that is the rule. Rather, it is the expectation. If we believe that God answers prayers only this way, if we believe in a God that does this, we wonder, does prayer even work? Is God even listening to us? And we stop praying. We stop asking. We stop searching because we're disheartened. But if we read just a few verses ahead, we discover something a little bit different. As usual, Jesus answers the question, but not with a concrete answer. Jesus tells a story. A story that isn't even about prayer. We meet in this story a, a guy who is hosting a party. Someone who was unprepared for the guests that he has. And so he runs to his friend's house in the dead of night, knocks on the door 
and knocks some more without any answer. Until the friend yells, I'm asleep. Go home. My kids are asleep. I cannot get up to help you right now. Go home. But the friend keeps knocking, keeps knocking until Jesus finally says that the friend inside the home gets up and gives him what he needs. And Jesus says, He will not get up and give him anything out of friendship. At least because of persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Well, what on earth does this mean? How on earth does this have anything to do with prayer. A few nights ago, while I was sleeping, it was 3.30 in the morning, on Monday morning, and I had just woken up to attend to baby Ansel. And I had finally fallen back asleep when Christian enters the room and jumps in my bed and says, Mom, can I cuddle? Yeah. And that's a beautiful moment. And of course I said, sure. So he comes in my bed and a couple minutes later he says, Mom, I'm awake. <laughs> I said, I know, honey. Go back to sleep. He says, Mom, I want my water cup. I said, honey, go back to sleep. You don't need your water cup right now. And then he starts poking. Mom, I want my water cup. And I say, go back to sleep. And he says, please? And then my favorite, he says one more time, words that I've been trying to get him to say anytime he asks for something. He says, please, may I have my water cup? <laughs> and of course, at that point, I am exhausted, and I know that he is not going to stop. So I get up and say, sure, honey. Thank you for asking nicely. And I go into his room, get his water cup, and bring it back. And that's funny but for me, that was a personal representation of the story that Jesus was telling. In the dead of the night, my almost three-year-old needed something from me. So he comes, and he asks, and he asks, and he asks one more time. And I wonder if this is what prayer actually is. The asking and the asking, and the asking, trusting that in the asking, God is present listening. And as I thought about that time with my son 
And in preparation for this time, I remember something about that encounter, a couple of truths that had to have been present for Christian to ask repeatedly over and over and over again. The first is that Christian had to have known that I loved him unconditionally. I loved him unconditionally. And the second is that I cared about him enough and with my whole heart to do whatever he needed to be done, needed to have done, whether it was in his time or not. He knew and trusted in me enough that eventually I would have gotten that water cup because I loved him and I cared for him. And so I wonder if prayer isn't so much about us expecting God to provide the things that we need in a moment. And instead, it's about a God who has invited us into a space, invited us to come to God with all that we need over and over and over again, knowing that God is present listening to us, waiting to provide and preparing to provide what we need in God's time. Something about prayer for me is coming over and over and over again to God, trusting God, leaning on God, providing, knowing that God can provide all that I need. So my friends, I don't know what is on your hearts. I don't know what you have been praying for over and over and over again. But I know this. I know that our God longs to share our burdens. That our God longs to be in such a deep relationship with us that we feel comfortable coming to God with anything and everything over and over and over again. And God longs for us to ask and to seek and to knock, trusting that God holds it all. So as we come to this space, as we pray, I invite us to keep praying, to keep trusting to keep leaning on the God who is always at work caring for us, loving us, answering questions, and opening doors. Amen.